Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and happy Reformation Day. I know it's probably not a Reformation theme, but you, you all know the Boy Scout motto, right? You don't know the Boy Scout motto? Nobody. Be prepared, right? And seeing how we all know it, why don't we sing it? A one and a two and a B, B, B. Prepare the motto of the Boy Scouts. B, B, B. Prepare the motto of the Scouts. Prepare, prepare the motto of the Boy Scouts. are not singing. All right, so that's fine. Well, how we... I, I was once told when I was a scout, somebody had asked Lord Baden-Powell, he goes, what are you always so being prepared about? And his response was, why any old thing? We ought to be prepared and prepared for, well, anything and everything at all times and in all places to be prepared. But I'm telling you, I don't think anybody could be prepared for the gravity of Adam and Eve's sin and what it did to all of creation. It damaged men. It damaged women. It damaged their relationship all the way throughout all of time. The animals suffered under creation and still do. We eat their flesh. We wear their skins. All of creation groans under the weight of humanity's sin. And likewise, like no one could be prepared for the gravity of man's sin, I don't think anybody could expect the way the Lord God would choose to overcome the weight of man's sin. The seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent himself being bruised and bruised fatally. Who could foresee that? God killed the firstborn of Egypt in order to rescue his children. Who would have foreseen that? God then rescues them through the waters of the Red Sea to deliver Israel. I don't think anybody saw that coming either. One prophet saw the little town of Bethlehem producing a savior. Another prophet saw Rachel crying and mourning over the death of the innocents as Herod tries to thwart God's plan of a new king by killing all of the two-year-olds and under. Isaiah writes, But there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish, for the former times he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, but in the later times he has made glorious the way of the sea. The land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people of darkness have seen a great light. John, the last of the Old Testament prophets, he cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. But who could have possibly prepared for what he is calling to fruition? Who could have been prepared for the death of God? Who could have possibly saw that this is the way God was going to deal with sin? It was completely and totally unexpected, which is probably why so many people miss it. Jesus, God's own Messiah, God's own Son, dead 
on a cross given for the forgiveness of we miserable sinners. Salvation history has been foreshadowing this event since the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3, the snake and the heel, the offering of Isaac, the entire sacrificial system points to Jesus Christ, the unblemished Lamb of God given for the sins of the world, king by his father David, priest by the mortar of Melchizedek, prophet anointed by John the Baptist in the waters of the Jordan River. Anointed as prophet, priest, and king to fulfill the works of the law. To fulfill that which we could not fulfill. To do for humanity what humanity had no hope of doing for itself. And after a thousand years. After a thousand years of scholarship and thought, the middle-aged church had lost the gospel. They had either forgot it, or missed it, or absconded with this good news of the full ramifications of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Probably it should be no surprising that Luther in the history of the Reformation was itself a complete and utter surprise. No one was prepared for what Luther had in store for us, not even Martin Luther. The Impossible to prepare for, impossible to predict, inbreaking of God into history. The realization of the securing of our redemption by the Son of God through the scandal of the cross is completely surprising. The Reformation was shocking. It was shocking. It shocked everybody. It shocked the world. It shocked the princes. It shocked the Pope. It shocked the cardinals. Nobody could believe what was going on. And as unexpected as it was, the Reformation gave us absolutely nothing new. There was nothing new. It's simply a rediscovery of a Messiah who had been there all along. Loving and forgiving the, the sins of His people. A grumbling generation missed the Messiah long ago. They missed the Messiah that had been promised by Moses and the prophets. The Jews of Jesus' day refused to believe that God's plan of salvation could be unfolding right in front of their eyes exactly the way that God had planned it to do. And that's nothing new. The, the apple of God's eye, the Israel of God's, God's planning, it was nothing new for them to reject what Jesus or what God was doing right in front of them. You remember in the Exodus, they said, we hate this miserable food. God is literally raining bread down from heaven and their response is, this food is awful. We don't want it anymore. We want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to bondage. We want to go back to sin and death and despair rather than eat what God has given unto us. We hate this miserable food. We will not accept this strange baptism. We reject this backwoods Jesus of Nazareth from the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. This refusing to believe world 
They rejected John, and it was sad. They rejected John because he was too sad. They rejected Jesus then because he was too joyous. This one's too hot. This one's too cold. Like children playing in the market. This is exactly Luther's hopeless situation to earn God's favor. Because the more he tried to earn God's favor, the more he felt like a failure. The more he felt like the failure, the more he blamed it on God. The matter he was at God, the harder it was to please him. The harder it was to please him, the more he was mad at God. And around and around it goes. Yet Christ's salvation mission is filled the spirit of his word into a world that doesn't want to believe it. In spite of our old nature that wants to say it's too cold or it's too hot. It's too this, it's too that. It doesn't conform to this, it doesn't say anything about that. This wrestling with doubt is part of the Christian experience. It's what faith overcomes. It's part of the battle. It's part of the the sanctification of the inbreeding of the Holy Spirit of God fighting against evil and despair. It's nothing new. It's been there all along. This wrestling with doubt follower of Jesus, John the Baptist, wondered if he was missing something. And yet Jesus proclaimed that that Jesus was the greatest of the prophets. And even then, Jesus, uh, John, did not expect this kind of a Messiah. How Christ came and secured salvation was a stumbling block to Jews. Even John the Baptist, the greatest of all the Jews ever born, was a stumbling block unto him. In prison, John doubts. He wonders, why is Jesus not valiantly using his power to a greater degree? Why is he not taken over? Why is he not smote all the wicked yet? Why is he not set all things to right? Why am I still in prison? Why does God allow what God allows? And yet John is the greatest of prophets. And and he's he's not the greatest of prophets because of his unwavering faith. He is not the greatest of prophets because of his grandiose willpower. He is not the greatest of prophets because of the sincerity of his heart. He was the greatest because he was given the greatest of message. He was given that act that was chosen to be that Old Testament prophet who looked out across those waters and said, Behold, The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Chosen to announce the salvation of the world. Luther's fallen nature as well, like our fallen nature likewise, always struggles with doubts about God's chosen way of salvation for us. Why didn't Jesus just cause everybody to believe? Why isn't Jesus more verbose? Why doesn't Jesus make himself known? Why doesn't Jesus just sort of put on a YouTube channel and make everybody agree? Why does God allow what he allows? Why does God let our churches struggle? 
Why does God allow our churches to shrink? Why does God allow for us to squabble amongst ourselves? Why do we find ourselves suffering when really we should be joyous? The Reformation shocked the world. But it really only discovered what was already there. It really only showed us a God who had already been there. Who has always been there. No one could have foreseen the Reformation coming. No one could have seen some obscure monk taking on the power of the entire church and the Holy Roman Empire at the same time. One tiny professor in some backwoods college that ain't nobody ever heard of before. To think that it changed the world. That it changed the eternal future of hundreds of millions. But it really wasn't Luther. It really wasn't any of the reformers. What changed the world was really just what Moses and the prophets had said all along. What John the Baptist had been saying all along. Jesus comes with strength and comfort and joy and hope. The good news that your sins have indeed been paid for. Your redemption draws near. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. It is breaking upon you at this very moment. And you didn't bring it. And you didn't earn it. And you didn't deserve it. It is given to you by a gracious God who adores you. Who loves you. Who's been seeking your salvation since before he put you together in your mother's womb. He has properly prepared for your redemption in the midst of this dark and dying world. He has made you a light. He has made you salt for the nations. That they may see your good works and glorify your God who is in heaven. The revelation of your deliverance brought through the prophets and the apostles is jaw-dropping. This remarkable history of clueless sinners being made right with the Lord God Almighty and completely by His hand. With Christ revealed as prophet and apostles, the good news continues to be preached. It continues to go out throughout the world. In some of the most unlikely of places. Because God has made you prophets and kings. Heirs to the kingdom of God. Blessings to everyone around you. A family, friends, neighbors, enemies. Lights of the Lord God Almighty. Be prepared for the coming of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us rise.